Shalom Aleichem. I'm Lisa Newman. Welcome. You're listening to Tune In, a podcast of the Yiddish Book Center. Today I'm visiting with Jeffrey Yoskovitz, one of the founding partners of the Gefilteria. Founded by a trio of New York foodies, the Gefilteria reimagines old-world Jewish foods, adapting Ashkenazi classics for a new generation. To quote the founders, the team has set out to reclaim Jewish culinary traditions through a new kind of Jewish brand. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, it's delightful that you made some time to visit with us. So um, tell me how you began this venture and why gefilte fish. Uh, the, uh, it's a question we get a lot. Why the gefilte fish? Uh, you know, it, the gefilte fish for us is the ultimate symbol. Um, you, know, um, you know, I've been working in the food world for a long time, and I had been uh, playing around with um, with kind of various peasant food traditions and and um, and various kinds of gourmet foods. Uh, and um, I found that there was something lacking. There was a, a lack of um, of high quality Jewish foods sold in supermarkets. And uh, I thought culprit number one was gefilte fish. Uh, you know, we all know the, the jar with the, the artificial gel that's in it, uh, these kind of blobs that can sometimes be gray that just are made with poor quality fish. It just is so upsetting to me as someone who grew up eating fresh gefilte fish that my grandmother used to make and that which she no longer made it that we would get from a, a, a nearby store. And um, I really wanted to kind of go, kind of go back, and in some ways challenge, um, challenge myself to come up with a, 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 a higher quality, more refined, more delicious, and attractive uh, kind of gefilte fish. Uh, and to take it one step further from there, we move on to other kinds of products, and uh, and but really have the gefilte fish be the symbol. I wondered if actually your first introduction was your grandmother's recipe, and. If so, how did you begin to reimagine it, and sort of what was special about hers that you wanted to recreate or just build on? Uh, definitely more building on than recreating. Um, my, we're definitely not making my grandmother's recipe. Uh, what we're working with is a recipe that was developed um, by, um, by, by the Gefilteria. Uh, it, um, but I guess we were really focused on the value um, of freshness that was such a part of, of Jewish tradition that, you know, families would keep a carpenter bathtub. The, the carpenter bathtub, the book by um, Barbara Cohen is one of our favorites. We actually are selling it online during the holiday because we just, it, it really was one of our inspirations uh, for starting this venture. We kind of wanted to bring that back. And so for us, that means, you know, using, using the freshest quality, freshest fish, the highest quality fish, um, also focusing on sustainably sourced fish. Uh, we're not using carp. My grandmother loves to use carp. Um, That's the flavor and taste that she knows. Um, carp's a very unsustainable fish with uh, high in um, heavy metals, and so we we decided not to use it. And we use we use um, a few different kinds of fish: uh, whitefish, pike, and the Great Lakes. We use we use uh, a salmon, and we even use a rainbow trout. Um, and um, what we do is we 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 make ours, we bake it in the loaf. My grandmother would have made them more in, in, in poached balls. We, we bake them in onion, onion broth, uh, bake our loaves. And, um, and ours, are, it's actually a two-toned gefilte. We have a, a pink stripe, uh, that's the salmon and the rainbow trout, and we have a um, kind of a white layer of the white fish and pike. Um, so when you slice into it, it's, it's very beautiful. And part of reimagining it for us is reimagining how it, how it looks, how it tastes, uh, and how it's just presented. Um, and, uh, and part of that is also uh, how it pairs with the uh, crane, 
with the horseradish. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, you know, we, we also uh, produce a, uh, a, a beet horseradish that many people are familiar with. Uh, and we also produce a, a carrot citrus horseradish, which is our homage to the carrot that is often served atop the gefilte. And um, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a beautiful spread. And together, the magenta of the beets and the orange of the carrots uh, really, really present this two-tone gefilte beautifully. It's very nice to serve. So do you think that gefilte fish can find a place in new Jewish cuisine with a, you know, a younger generation? Um, is that what your thinking is behind this? We're, we're, we're trying to reach out to a lot of people, not just to, to young Jews, but certainly, yes. You know, we have a lot of young Jews who have come to events that we do who are buying our products. Um, we, also, we also make a, a, a fermented beet drink, beet kvass, which is a, a drink from the old country, which is finding incredible popularity in Brooklyn right now. Um, but we also are, you know, we find a lot of older um, customers will come to us and say that our gefilte fish tastes like uh, their grandmother's, you know, years ago. Or they haven't tasted a gefilte fish that fresh in a long time. I, I think for the young people, for, for us, we're really trying to reach the people who grew up eating only the jarred variety of gefilte fish. And there are surprisingly so many people who've never had the real deal, never had fresh gefilte. And um, we're really happy to be able to, to, to provide that. Um, which I understand that you've been invited to serve this year at the James Beard Foundation Passover Seder? Yes. That's uh, very cool. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. We're, we're very honored. Uh, there's, um, this is the second, uh, I believe the second year they're doing a Passover Seder at the James Beard Foundation. And um, we're, we're basically, we're, we were asked to, to both do the filter course um, and uh, to also, we're also providing our, our naturally fermented sauerkraut uh, at the Seder, and we're also producing cocktails with our, our beet kvass. So um, uh, it's, a, it's a Seder that's bringing together a number of uh, various players in the, the new Jewish food world. Um, uh, the Mayaland Delicatessen will be there. Dixon Farmstand Meats, which is a, a meat company, will be there uh, as well, and they're going to be serving their they're going to be serving um, the brisket. Uh, it's a, it's a pasture-raised, you know, organic meat business, and they do really wonderful things. Um, and it's just going to be kind of really celebrating the, the, the creativity that there is within the Jewish food world, uh, but also celebrating the quality and the, the, the joy that comes with, uh, with serving these foods for the Passover Seder. Well, it's all very exciting. I noticed also that you had um, signature cocktails on your website made from the beet kvass. Um which looked very intriguing. Um, is there one that's more popular than another? Well, you know, we often recommend people, um, we often recommend for them to try, uh, just try cross and gin, maybe a little bit of seltzer. And, um, and people love it. Gin just pairs so nicely with it. So we all often steer people in that direction. Uh, that said, uh, we've definitely had a number of people who will taste our product and say, this is exactly what's been missing from my Bloody Mary. And, um, you know, sometimes we call it a Bloody Miriam when we make it, um, but uh, people, you know, people really, um, they've been looking for that as well, that, that flavor, that, that's like that, uh, um, it pairs nicely also with our carrot horseradish uh, in making a kind of a spicy cocktail. Um, and uh, for the James Sears Foundation, we're also uh, making a cocktail that features orange bitters, which work very nicely as well with the, the cloth. Oh, that sounds lovely, both uh, in taste and in appearance. It must be gorgeous. Oh my God! Yes, it's the uh, it's, it's, it's um, 
deep magenta, uh, and it's uh, and the more seltzer or or vodka or gin or whatever you add, the more the, the more vibrant the colors are. And and the beautiful thing about each kvass is uh, it's it's known as also as a, it's almost like a rustle if you were to drink a rustle, um, and it is uh, it's a probiotic drink. So just like a kombucha, we sometimes call it the Jewish kombucha. Um, yeah, it's very good for you. Um, but also beets are a liver cleanser. So when you're pairing it with alcohols, which are uh, bad for the liver, uh, it's almost a counterbalancing effect. So we, we like to promote the healthful drinking, and, uh, and we find beet sauce is very good for that. So we now have a real reason to, to try this. It's good for you. Well, um, it's good for it's you. good and, for you, and, and, and yeah. And you know it has a place in Jewish culinary and Jewish culinary culture. Uh, when you would make a traditional borscht, you wouldn't use lemons or vinegar or citric acid. You would ferment the beets, and then you would use the liquid that it fermented in as the stock uh, of the soup. And you would use the beets that were fermented uh, and the rustle beets uh, in the borscht. And that's a traditional way of making the food that uh, has unfortunately been mostly lost in time. It's wonderful. So you really are carrying on a tradition and looking to the roots and reimagining, reinventing, but bringing these foods back to us in a new way. Exactly, yes. We found that the, there's nothing wrong with the foods themselves. It's just how they've been packaged. <laughs> um, in fact, the foods are wonderful and, and, and worthy of celebrating. And, uh, you know, um, for me, it, it really is a wonderful experience to get to kind of dig into into my own cultural, my own family's culture and traditions. Uh, my family's all from Poland, and uh, I recently discovered a, 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 a pickled lettuce drink called lettuce kvass that uh, was apparently uh, a, a known for being a Jewish-Polish drink. And, um, uh, and uh, you know, I, you can't find lettuce kvass anywhere. No one's really making it, uh, especially I don't even think it crossed the Atlantic and made it to North America. Um, I recently learned about this in a dissertation that was sent to me um, by, by someone who heard that we were making kvass. And, uh, and so one of my goals for this spring after, after Passover is to play around with lettuce kvass because this is a, a drink that my ancestors probably drank at some point. And, uh, I, you know, I, I want to know what it tastes like. Is it refreshing? Have you tried it? I, I haven't tried it. Okay. Um, you know, I've been trying to find out which lettuce uh, will be the best. Uh, and, um, and also, you know, I have to develop a recipe from scratch. Uh. So it's going to take a lot of playing around. So I want to do a lot of um, wait till I have time and play Passover. There's very little time, <laughs> but um, but I'm very excited by this, and I'm sure it'll be refreshing. Um, one of my favorite sodas is celery soda. I find that there's a, a crispness and a refreshing um, element to it that is unparalleled by any other um, any other soda or soft drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and paired with corned beef, it's just bliss. Yeah, my mother always um, paired meals with fresh parsley and there are the, I, I think there are complementary um, vegetables that really do or even fruits that are great palate cleansers but also enliven the tastes of different yeah. foods so it's kind of yeah, it's interesting to think of this so one of the questions I had for you which I guess you're answering is you you are working to expand your product line yes yes um, you know, my, my title is uh, I'm one of the owners and one of the founders but I'm also the chief pickler my background is, make, is making uh, pickles. I actually worked as a pickle apprentice at the Adama Jewish Organic Farm uh-huh. in Berkshire. And uh, I, as they were starting the line of pickles, I was there uh, and making naturally fermented pickles, no vinegar, the way that they were made in Poland. 
And, um, and we, we make all sorts of pickles and sauerkraut. Now we're not retailing them, but we're all hoping uh, come, come spring, summer, to really have a, a line that's ready for retail. And, um, and those will be uh, classic, you know, you know, classic dills, half-sours, sours, um, really wonderful sauerkraut with caraway seeds and mustard. And, um, and uh, we make a garlic peppercorn sauerkraut that's just delicious and also refreshing. Um, all of these are probiotics, so they're very good for you. Uh, and they and what I love about these this method of pickling, this traditional Jewish method of pickling, is that um, it just makes sense. If you're eating a, a fatty meat sandwich, and you go to a, the deli and you're eating this pastrami, and you should only get pastrami with fat because that's what makes it delicious. But you have with it a pickle, which also offers complementary flavors. But if it's a naturally fermented pickle, the way that they should be made, the way that uh, make that they're both they're both more delicious and healthier, they'll help you digest um, that. A sandwich because of all the natural occurring really good bacteria that that, that is part of that pickle. So um, you know back in the day when you were you know in the winter time when you're eating all this meat, um, that's really the time that you would eat meat uh, more than than in the summertime. And when, you know that's the season, the seasonality of it. Uh, the, the naturally fermented pickles really helped in that process, uh, and um, it's just part of that tradition. And so uh, I'm really excited to have a line of pickles that reflect that. It sounds great. Now, if our listeners want to get products from you, um, how do they do that? We are, for, for the holiday Passover, we have an online store. Mm-hmm. It is um, at com, and uh, you can click on the, the icon store. We are only, um, we're going to be shipping. Uh, we're taking orders through Wednesday of this coming, of this next week, um, just so everything will arrive before Passover. But if any of your listeners are in the New York area, uh, or if any of them are, um, uh, if any of them order some of their meats from a company called Grow and Behold, which delivers uh, in the Boston area, I believe, you can get they can get that uh, they can get it that way. Um, but in New York City and Manhattan and Brooklyn, we have all number of stores that are carrying our products. Great, and and listeners can learn more online by visiting your website. Yeah. Correct? Okay. Filteria.com. We're also on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/filteria. We have all sorts of photos and. Uh, and also the links and explanations about what's happening, and we also tweet. So uh, if anyone's on Twitter, they can uh, also keep up with us. Excellent. Well, I thank you for joining us today. It's all very interesting, um, and can't wait to try some of the products. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Uh, it's really my pleasure. I love getting to talk about Jewish food. Great. Um, well, we hope you'll be back again sometime soon. Thank you very much for joining us today, Jeffrey. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. For additional interviews and conversations, please visit yiddishbookcenter.org audio. I'm Lisa Newman. Be strong, be well, and tune in again soon.